Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu, right here on LA Talk Radio. Midnight Storm, a brilliantly fast grade one winner by Pioneer of the Nile. Mike Smith just points him in the right direction. Midnight Storm dominating. Millionaire and seven-time graded stakes winner on dirt and turf. Midnight Storm over accelerators, finding the line well, but not well enough. And Midnight Storm has taken it by two lengths. From America's hottest sire line. Midnight Storm, he wins it this year. Midnight Storm. Standing at TaylorMade Farm. Contact travel. At Taylor Made, 859-881-6153 to book your mare to Midnight Storm. We are back. We are finally back after a brief hiatus. We uh this is the horse ownership experience. I almost forgot the name of the show. I'm Billy Cox. It's been, it's been that long. It's been that long. Uh I am the the founder and managing partner of Little Red Feather Racing Club. Uh, alongside of me from parts unknown is Michelle Yu, who is 30 weeks pregnant. Michelle, how do you feel? I feel great. If it could just be like 15 degrees cooler every day, I would be so happy. Well, you know, I don't control the weather and, uh, I wish I did, but I don't. I wish Uh, you did too. Yeah. My God complex is not that serious. (laughs) Um, People might say, well, we're going to drop that comment. Um, Michelle, what, what is going on? I mean, since oh we, my gosh. In so long, we, we brushed shoulders the other day at the track for about two seconds. But tell, tell me what's happening in the world of horse racing. I mean, unfortunately, we don't have a guest today. So I think what we're going to do is we'll just we'll do kind of a summer recap. We'll, we'll talk about what happened last weekend in the big races at both uh, Belmont and Santa Anita We'll do a little bit of a Breeders' Cup preview for our people who are listening. We can. I talk wasn't. About, I am not prepared to do any Breeders' Cup talk. Well, I of course I can. I'm a Breeders' <laughs> Cup guru, so okay. I mean I'm I'm ready to go. Uh, well, wh- where do you want to start, Michelle? Where do you want to start? Well, I, we I, we haven't done a show since uh, Del Mar ended, so I think right after Del Mar, you know, it was the sales. So, how did your sales go? What what were your thoughts on the sales overall? Uh, I think the the sales continue to be it, it is extremely hard to buy a horse. Um, the prices were absolutely phenomenal. It was were a, you were you crazy about the American Pharaoh prices? Uh, they were well, the good news was we sold one for uh, over three hundred thousand, so that was good. Uh, but yes, they were very expensive. It was very hard to buy. He was very in vogue, as they like to say. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, you know, so many end users, we'll call end users or racers, are, are buying yearlings now. And a lot of the, the, the high-end buyers uh, were there. And it made it extremely tough, especially for pin hookers, to really get involved. Because what ended up happening was, I believe, a lot of pin hookers got shut out of book one and, and maybe a little bit in book two. And it, it actually, I think, drove up the prices in book two and book three. 
because of the fact that they were just battling each other for a lot of these a lot of these horses with a little bit of pedigree. Well, that's the whole thing, right? Is a lot like a lot of these. I felt surprised in book one. Like we vetted so many horses, and they had like so many little issues, and then like they're the pin hookers don't want to touch them. So you actually get some better prices in like book one with good pedigrees that mm-hmm. have some issues that a race, you know, a, a race end race, situation. Okay, right. Yeah. Uh, would be okay. But the pin hookers were just like, yikes. And then they ended up, like you say, settling, I feel like. Well, and, and I don't know if it's settling, but you have to, you have to have, uh, you have to have horses to go and sell next year at the two-year-old sales. Uh-huh. And I think you're looking for two different things. And you brought up a really good point. And the people who are listening, who are getting into the pin hooking or buying yearlings versus two-year-old, there's a big difference because when you buy a yearling, you have all the time in the world to break that horse and to put them into training and any issues they have, you take your time. And, you know, if they don't make their two-year-old year, a lot of people are okay with it and they'll run as three-year-olds. When you buy a horse to pin hook or to sell, to resell, uh, you have to make sure that that horse gets Billy. quickly. Yes. Did I lose you? What happened? Billy. I'm here. Oh, God. What happened? Uh-oh. I'm still here. I'm still talking. Billy, you are good. I just got... Okay. So we're going to get Michelle back. We actually lost Michelle, not me. Um, what I was saying was, you when you have a pin-hooked horse or a horse that you're buying to resell, you have to go on with that horse. You have to have that horse ready to go by next March. has to be ready to breeze and breeze fast in order for that horse to sell. And you... Yeah, look... There's no difference between pin hooking and racing in the fact that you need to be lucky. And I've said this over and over again on this show. You have to be extremely lucky because your horse has to stay sound. And as we know, and as I've said, they call them the million-dollar animals with the 10-cent legs. If you look at a way a horse is built, they put all their pressure on their legs, on their front ankles and their knees and their tendons. And you have to get to that those two-year-old sales with a healthy horse or else you are just in big trouble. Um, we've lost Michelle. I hope she's calling back in. We're going to just keep going and we're going to talk about a couple things. Oh, I hear Michelle. I'm back. Okay. We found Michelle back. So I just went on my, my tirade about just how lucky you got to be to get a pin hook horse into the two-year-old sales. So right. I, I, I've gone on my, my little rant. Um, where else do you want to go? We talked about the sales. I, I think overall, I think we're doing very well. I think there's plenty of people out there buying. I could not believe the amount of money people are paying for these horses. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm glad they are. And it shows a strength in the marketplace, Michelle. And um, that's, that's just, it is what it is. So you got to get in there and you got to be right. You got to be competitive. And we bought two yearlings that I really, really like. We bought an orb Billy. That's a half default. Both to uh, pin hook or to keep No, these are, these are to race. So we're actually syndicating okay. them right now. We bought a, a half uh, or Philly that's a half default. Mm-hmm. And we bought I liked a, that one on paper. Yeah. And we bought a take charge indie Philly um, who's going to Baltus. So we have the fault, half default going to Phil D'Amato. And we have the take charge indie going to Baltus. And take charge indie, I don't know how much you know about him. He won the Florida Derby. He's the leading second he, crop sire. And he, he just. He uh, was awesome because he like ran like 12 times as a three year old. <laughs> Yeah, and he, you know, he was sold overseas, and we just found out actually this morning that he's coming back, and he will stand in New York. Oh, Empire Maker style. There you go. 
So he's back. He's, I think, and this Philly's outstanding. And if you're listening and you've always wanted to get into a horse, uh, try out one of our yearlings. They're, they're, they're very, I think they're very nice. Hopefully they'll run next summer at Del Mar. That's the goal. And, and we'll go from there. Notice I bought Phillies, Michelle. You yeah, know, I was going to say why? that. You know why? Because you have residual value. Yes, that's one reason. you're going to breed them to Midnight Storm. No, that's, that could be. But why else? Did you watch the maiden races at Del Mar this summer? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, what happened in the two-year-old Colt division? Uh, Bob Baffert won everything. Right. Right. So I said, and we said, we're going to not buy yearling Colts if we're going to race in Southern California. We're going to buy Phillies. Now, Baffert did win and Hollendorfer did win a lot of the Philly mm -hmm. races as well. But those were, they seemed to be, you know, shorter fields and maybe... You know, not as tough. I mean, this year you run into horses like Roadster and Game Winner. And, I mean, the list goes on and on. I saw a horse of his win at um, at Los Al the other day. And the horse, there was a horse uh, opening weekend at Santa Anita of Baffert, a, a two-year-old, that uh, looked like Justified. Improbable. I mean, uh, that... let's not, okay, I think you're exaggerating a little. Like, that horse oh. only won by a neck. Come on. No, no, no. I said he looked like him. Oh, you mean because he's chestnut with a big white face? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I said he looked like him, but you know that race. I still thought that race was pretty impressive. He kind of broke slow, got shuffled back, came. He up. was way and he hated the dirtness. I mean, he was climbing. Yeah, His feet were like over the fence. They were so high in the air. He was miserable. Yeah, and Mike Smith got him to the outside. And he came with a big run, and he, I think he beat a really nice horse of Simon Callahan's, who's also yeah. had this kind of go of it in 2018. Mm -hmm. So. Um, you know, I, I, it, we're, we're doing the best we can to be competitive out here. We're spending some money, and, and we hope there are people out here that invest with Little Red Feather. We bought two at, the, at Keeneland. Great. Who did you buy? We bought an Uncle Mo half to combatant and long lashes. Perfect. And we bought a Malibu Moon out of a Medaglia Duro mare. The first dam's not great, but the second dam goes to El Deal. So he was super, or he is super fast. Yeah, very fast. Um, and Chuck Todd Nation and... So there's a, there's a little bit of pedigree in the second dam. Good for you. I saw Ryan there. He was very busy. <laughs> he was busy with everyone going, what the heck are you doing here for book one? No, good for him. You know, yeah, I met his clients and, and they were, seemed like very good people. We need more Hopefully. people in there. We need more people in there. So that's the sales. Tell, let's talk about the race. Yeah, let's. so let's go this weekend. Can I say I think the best story this weekend was um, was Discreet Lover. No question. I mean, I mean so you want to talk about, like, a family deal. Uh, Discreet Lover won the Jockey Club Gold Cup. He is owned and trained by uh, Uriah St. Louis. And it's – I saw an article on, like, Blood Horse, but they call him the one-horse AT – or one-man's ATM because his horse just keeps doing fabulous for them. He's earned over $1.3 and he was a $10,000 uh, two-year-old purchase. How many times have we said it, Michelle? There's always a diamond in the rough somewhere. And if you're lucky enough to find that horse, they can pay for a lot of the bad ones. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that just goes to show you again, and we've said it time and time again, you can get lucky in this business. And he beat Mendelssohn. He beat uh, Diversify. He beat, Thunder, I mean, he beat Snow. All these, let's, yeah. Let's, let's be a little bit honest, and let's give the horse credit. If you want, Do you need to talk to Olivia? No, I'm just... I'm, we're potty training, so I'm just pulling uh, our britches back up. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, um, but I just meant like a, you know, a, a size-wise, right? So we have this one 
for show family guy that just beats the shake and the and coolmore and you know everything else i agree with you wholeheartedly i think it's a great story and it just shows again in our business that you can you can find that horse that that takes you to places that you never thought you could go and but i'm going to say the but that okay. race i don't know what diversify was doing going that fast <laughs> yeah I don't know. I, don't, I hadn't watched Belmont, my, so like, has Speed been holding at Belmont or something where I, I, they were well, thinking, like, we're going to steal it? Were they thinking no, that no, just, no, like, no. those closers aren't going to be able to close? No, no. The, the Diversify, if you know anything about Diversify, who's one of the best New York breads, him and your horse Biscuits that we can talk mm -hmm. about. But if you know anything about Diversify, he has to be in front. Right. That's his, that's his game. He just goes to the lead no matter what and just usually never stops. And what happened in this race is that Mendelssohn broke sharply and kind of made it look like he was going for the lead, too. Mm -hmm. and, and so um, I think it was Irad had to really use Diversify to make the lead. And they went really fast. Really fast. Factions in front of me. But it was it was like 22 and change and 45 and change. It was like sprinting fractions. And. Even at the three ace pole, you were like, there's no way these horses are going to hold on. Mm -hmm. So a total, I hate saying it. I don't want to take anything away from discreet lover, but it was, a, it was a massive setup race. And I think you have to, for the, if you're planning on betting the Breeders' Cup Classic or playing the Breeders' Cup Classic, you have to take that into account. Um, and and it, it, I don't know what to make of that race. You know what I mean? Well, at this point, all you care about is, Woohoo! We won, and we got a win in your end of the Breeders' Cup. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right? That's Did true. you see the video of his daughter? Oh yeah, it was amazing. I was like, I was in tears when I saw like how excited she was. And that's what we talk about. Our show, our show is called the the own, horse ownership experience, and these are the experiences that you will remember for the rest of your life. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, these are this is what this game is about, and there's a lot of highs. And there's a lot of lows. And I know you could bring up, you know, fashion business who had done the same thing. He ran an unbelievable race in in Del Mar to qualify for the Breeders' Cup turf, a four million dollar race. It was going to we got a free basically hundred thousand dollars to go to Churchill. And before the race last weekend, he came up with a little injury that he did the same thing last year. And he's going to need, you know, four or six months off and he's going to miss the Breeders' Cup. And so you go. We talked about it. And all of our guests talk about it, Michelle. You have the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows. And you, mm -hmm. if you are in this game, someone said it to me the other day. I can't remember who said it. Uh, you have to wear long pants. I think it was Richie Baltus, actually. You have it. to wear long pants. You have to wear long pants. This is a this is this is a game that it will tear your heart out. Believe me, I've been through this. I, I've been in this game a long, long time, Michelle. You know that. And all our listeners know that. I was so discouraged on Saturday when I got the news. I, I was in just a funk, like a complete depression. And and it's it takes you have but but you have to kind of pick yourself up, bounce back, and say, okay, you know what are we going to do? We have other horses. We have all these partners. Like we got to stay positive. And mm -hmm. if you don't stay positive in this game, if you let these little moments get to you, you're not going to be around in this game long. That is completely true. I feel like you're interviewing me. <laughs> um, it's be back on the air. It is. It I is. Kind of missed, I missed talking about this stuff. Okay, so let's go through some of the New York races while we're, while we're in New York because those were big. All breeder. It was a Breeders' Cup preview day. It was. Um, 
I have to try and remember. So the, the Miss Grillo or the Miss Grillo was on grass. I didn't watch it. I honestly, we were so busy on Saturday. I didn't watch any New York races except for the Jockey Club Gold Cup. Well, so I, mean, I didn't even I didn't even get to see um, the turf race that Channel Maker won or anything. Okay, so Channel Maker it got his Grade One uh, finally again. We we'll talk about this. We just talked about it with Discreet Lover. Pace makes the race. We say it ad nauseum. I mean, it is one of the and, – and he just was able to go out there, set leisurely fractions, and he just kept going. Uh, Robert Bruce was disappointing as the even-money favorite. He had come off an Arlington Million win. And, you know, what do you make a channel maker's race? Again, I don't know. I don't know how that race stacks up in the Breeders' Cup or if he can go a mile and a half. He just got an easy lead. Um, I, and congratulations to all the partners, who I believe is uh, Gary Barber, who refuses to come on the show. I know. Uh, what did I'm you do sure, to him? I'm sure Saul Cuman owns a piece of that horse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think he does, for real. Uh, and 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 I, I think he's a nice horse channel maker. And Can I say I the think, horse I would love to own in that field, though, is Sadler's Joy. Well, he just always picks up a check. But I think yeah. what you're going to see, Michelle, in the Breeders' Cup is whoever comes over from Europe is going to be massive favorites in the Breeders' mm-hmm. Cup. And I don't think... You can throw out any of those horses. If you're betting the Breeders' Cup turf, they'll be, you know, uh, if the Philly comes over, um, uh, the John Dodd Philly, what's her name? Oh, no. Um, oh, Enable. 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 She's, she's unbelievable. If she And they have a big race coming up this weekend in Europe. Uh, mm-hmm. So you're going to get a lot of those horses over a big, here. You want to call it the big? It's like the second richest race in the world. Well, it's a big race. I mean, it's I kind race. of said, yeah, it's a big race. So, okay. Um, wait, one more New York race. Imperial, yeah. Imperial Hint. Imperial Hint. Was that was a garbage race. Why did Why did Why did Phil take Ransom the Moon over there? Uh, I don't know. I don't. He's running here. He didn't want to ship. I don't oh, know. Oh, he but, is. But, oh, well, he was going to go run the Francis Dash last I heard, but he didn't yes. show up there. Yes. And then, well, that was and then you look Rain at up. the Vosburg, and it's six furlongs, which, in my opinion, is Ransom's like jam. And it was like three horses that had run for tags in their last couple, and then Imperial. Hint. That could have been like a legit throwdown. It could have been a throwdown, but Imperial Hint was awesome. I don't think anybody. Imperial Hint was awesome. And I that think- horse is so cool looking too. When you see him in person, he just looks like a he just looks like a rocket. Okay, but let me ask you this question: His one bad race was where? Uh, I don't know. Was it at Churchill? Are you going to say that? Yep. <laughs> it was on. It was on Derby Day when it was a wet track. Wet track, yeah. Ran terrible that day and so while i think he's the he's the prohibitive favorite in the breeders cup sprint right now there are question marks about that track and you cannot take that track lightly that track at churchill is funny it's weird like hate it and and if it's wet he's already proven he didn't like it and i think you he there's a crack in his armor and just watch the weather and watch the track and watch how he trains down there so good luck to his connections i think he's an awesome horse but I do have question marks about what he might do in the Breeders' Cup. Um, since we're over on the East Coast, we'll just head down south a little bit to uh, the Lucas Classic at Churchill Downs, where Mondial Biscuits looked he, amazing. He did look good. You know, I watched the replay of that race last night, actually, Michelle. And I, mean, I was he really was impressed. rolling at the end. I don't think he beat much. And well, but to I, be fair, Toasted New York's probably the only, like, good horse quote unquote right i mean that's right. like a really cl- like world-class athlete 
<laughs> right, but it will be interesting to see biscuits in the Breeders' Cup Classic, which is, I think, where they're going. Yes, that was. Um, they wanted to. They wanted to see him on the surface at Churchill, and uh, because there'd been so many rider situations going on, Chad wanted to make sure that Tyler got a race into him and like. When he was vetting riders for the Breeders' Cup, he's like, you have to be able to come up here to work the horse and you have to ride in this race. And that was key because there were a lot of riders that would have committed to Breeders' Cup for him, but not to ride in this race because it was such a big weekend to other places. A lot of people didn't want to go in for a grade three. So that was one of the reasons that Tyler got the nod here for Chad. I want to ask you something because we're, we're, we're talking about horse ownership. We're talking about jockeys and, and, and a lot of people put great emphasis on jockeys. Michelle, how much emphasis do you put on jockeys? And part two of the question will be, how is how important is it in your mind that the jockey really knows the horse? I don't put too much emphasis on a rider, honestly, um, because there's so many things that can happen. Like, oh, you know, with a rider that, oh, you know, a guy might work your horse and ride him every time and then he rides first for Bob and Bob puts a horse last minute in the race and all of a sudden he's off your horse and everyone will jump off your horse but it's like well he has to ride this other one so right. there's so much that goes on God only knows you know what I mean um, so for me it's not the biggest deal like you're going to put on whoever's best for your horse right that's what it right. comes down to um, so not as much as I think some people decide to look at it right right I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you and then I'm gonna take on the second part uh, I believe I too believe that there are plenty of jockeys that are very very qualified to ride your horse uh -huh. um, I think each jockey has a different style and I think you need to know what kind of style your horse is to kind of match with that rider some have softer hands some are better with come from behind her some are great on the lead some can just do it all and I think right. when you are discussing your jockey with your trainer, because we have a lot of trainers who come and, you know, they talk to me and they want to make sure. Um, I think there's something ultimately also that the jockey has to trust the connection. And I Right. Think but that's one reason you want them to come work them. Right. I mean, so especially well, if there's if they ran really bad or something in a last race, like here, come work the horse so you can see X, Y and Z. And that's where I was going. I totally agree. I like to have the jockey work the horse. I like mm -hmm. to have them know the horse a little bit. But I also want that I want the trainer to be comfortable with that jockey, too. What you don't want to have happen is a jockey who doesn't normally ride for a particular trainer, doesn't really know the trainer, doesn't really understand what he does, what kind of, you know, instructions. Because and, and people have asked me this a long time, and I'm sorry we're going on this tangent, but I think it's important. People ask, uh, you know, what kind of instructions did you give the jockey? And there are certain let, let me say this. There are certain jockeys you don't need to give instructions, and you kind of don't want to give instructions. These guys watch the races. They study. They know the horse, okay? I think the only instructions you want to give a jockey are, hey, this horse doesn't like being on the inside, or this mm -hmm. horse doesn't like the whip, or if you can, you know, he's, he's a little bit chicken, you know, try, he won't go through on the inside. You know, things like that that mm -hmm. are horse-specific, not necessarily – pace specific to the race because i think when you're standing in the paddock and you give too many instructions you know the jockey can actually get confused and say like oh god i don't want to i don't want to make this guy mad i don't want to make that guy mad i want to do what the trainer told me so i think the best the best thing is if your horse is easy to ride just let the guy ride and right. if, you, if you just want a certain thing or you're trying something new or you're, you know a quality of your horse that's okay to tell him that do you agree with that yes yes Okay. That's what Ryan always pretty much just says. Good luck. 
Like, and that's all he after, says. Afterwards. What are they doing? Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, there's some, like, hey, whip this one on the gate because it's lazy or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, right. But right. definitely, but also, yeah, it's, it's usually just a, people, a good luck. There are these people, and I know owners, and they always like to blame the jockey. There's even a horse named Blame the Jockey. Blame the Rider. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you if you really watch a lot of races, first of all, I've never been on the back of a thoroughbred it, it, going that fast with 10 other horses around me. Have you? Not with 10 other horses. In a, I've never ridden a race, no, but I mean, okay. yes, I've worked horses. So <laughs> does that but, count? But I, I guess my, my, th- my, my point is it's very tough for us standing outside of the box to look inside and say, oh, he should have done this or he should have done that. And we all do it. I do it. I sit there and go, gosh, I don't know why he went outside instead of inside. But these guys have to make these, you know, split second decisions on these animals that are going very fast and it's very crowded and very dangerous. And I think I give them a lot of credit. I, I, you know, there are times where you and I can have even talked on the show. We don't know what that guy was doing. I probably said it 10 minutes ago when I was talking about Irad Ortiz on, on diversify, who's one of the best in the business. Um, but there are, there are, there are things out of our control that we just, we just have to take and and sometimes you're going to get a great ride and sometimes you might get a suspect ride the jockeys i appreciate are the ones that come off and said hey that one's on me mm-hmm. so that's our jockey talk for today jock talk jock talk we should have jock another talk. podcast called jock talk oh my gosh i talked no that's not where we just um okay so we talked about biscuits and how amazing he is seeking the soul also won the ACAC. just as a side note there Okay. And then That's over right. here, we did have Breeders' Cup Preview Day. So we had the Awesome Again, the Rodeo Drive, the Chandelier, the American Pharaoh. We also had the Zenyatta the next day. So we had a lot of big races out here in Southern California. Right. Well, let's talk um, about it. Okay, so Awesome Again and I was... Ex- people are enjoying the show. I, uh, Dale's back listening. I'm sure other people are listening. And we're, gonna, we're doing like... This is kind of a Breeders' Cup preview, and we'll get we'll do more as we get closer here on the Horse Ownership Experience. Go, Michelle. All right, so Accelerate won the Awesome Again over West Coast, who I think blatantly needed the race. Uh, Costa Verona's John Sadler. Accelerate has been an unbelievable story this year at five, uh, really finding his best stride. I, here's my one. I agree with everything you said, Michelle. I think West Coast absolutely needed the race. He will be a factor in the Breeders' Cup Classic. I think he will be the wise guy's horse. Remember, wise guy horse. Remember, I said that uh, based on his second place effort for uh, for Baffert. Accelerate blew the start. He's done that before. He was wide and he beat an, a horse that was probably 80% and not much else in the race. I'm with all due respect to isotherm. He has not done much in Southern California for Phil D'Amato and he finished. He just good. looks really good all the time. <laughs> oh, he's but here's my question. To you. My, 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 and we can talk about the Breeders' Cup classic right now because we've talked about the big race in New York and we've talked about mind your biscuits. I think the race is wide open. I think that, I don't think Accelerate can make those kind of mistakes against a really good group of horses. Do you? No. And it, let's be honest, as I love Costa and I love Sadler, but Sadler is like all but Ofer leaving the state of California. Correct. So and I this think, horse has already shipped once this year and got beat. Right. I agree with you. And so I don't, th- I think he will, right now, we, he'd probably be favored. Uh, if the race was run this weekend, I would imagine that Accelerate would be favored. I think West Coast is going to get a ton of action. I think Mendelssohn will get play. I think Thunder Snow. Thunder I Snow. Mm-hmm. I think Biscuits will get some action. 
I don't think it's the greatest group. I don't think there's a lot of superstars out there, especially from the States. I don't know what Europe plans to bring over and run. Uh, but this is, to me, unlike the past few years, last year we had Gunrunner and Arrogate. The year before we had Arrogate and California Chrome. To me, there are no divisional complete standouts here. And mm-hmm. I think that's something to keep in mind as we as we approach the Breeders' Cup in the first uh, weekend of November in at, in Kentucky at Churchill Downs. Uh, on the Philly side of that, it was the Zenyatta, which Abel Tasman was heavily favored and finished a dull fifth. And Vail Dory, who I straight up asked on there, I'm, I'm not surprised they haven't retired her yet. <laughs> oh, well, I, re- I read an article that said if she didn't run well, she was going to be retired. How great is that? Yeah, that's super. And so Vail Dory wins it. Um, it. You know, there had to be something that happened to Abel Tasman. And we don't. I, I, I'm she doesn't like California. Right What's that? She doesn't like California. Michelle. You've seen that Philly run many, many times. She fires every single time. To me, it's... Except, well, just to be fair, though, she has never won a stake in California. And she, you know, I mean, that I'm sure shipping back to that last race took a a good amount out of her. She, like, the race itself was a very testing race for her, right? right? I'm going to bet. I'm going to make a bet with you. We always do these little honor bets. I'm going to bet Abel Tasman bled... Or something happened. She was sick. I bet you she, she was sick because make, there's does not make the Breeders' Cup. Oh, really? Yeah. That's my that's my just I'm just going out on a limb. I'm gonna say that. That's my take of the day. It's my hot take. It's my hot take, Michelle. Okay. All right. I like sure. it. I I mean I don't like it because I like Abel, but like I like your stance. So where does that I was gonna say I, I could almost guarantee you that she has a little cold or something because I feel like there were several Bafferts that maybe run a little subpar and mother, mother had a little snotty nose. Yeah. And Derlou didn't fire in the chandelier either. Derlou. Come on. Do you guys really think she was going to win? I did. Oh, I didn't. All right. Well, uh, but we haven't gotten there yet. Uh, where does that leave the older Philly and mayor division? Or let's forget about that. Let's take that question back. L- the Breeders' Cup Ladies Classic. I mean, it looks like the three-year-olds. I think they call it the distaff now. They go back to the distaff? Okay. Yeah, I think it's been distaff for like two years. Okay. Well, shows you how much I pay attention. But uh, the three, M- Monomoy Girl, uh, Midnight Bijou, uh, Wonder Godot, um, you know, the, who do they take on? Uh, a late, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, 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 the three-year-olds might have the advantage now. I don't know. I think that's going to be an interesting race. Come well, okay. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I think that I think it's all good three-year-olds, with the exception of, like, La Force, who could still pick up some pieces, and yep. Mopatism. Um, yeah. I think pretty much everything else that's good is a three-year-old. I, I agree. Okay. Okay. Yep. Um, what else was there? So then there was the uh, turf and, race, the the Rodeo Drive, which was yeah. awesome for Basilica. I don't think it was the strongest field, but that's a great story for a thirty-two that, or I guess they picked her 40. up for forty, a forty thousand yeah. dollar claim. Uh, she's now won seven in a row, including two graded stakes. It's a great story. It's it's very similar to Discreet Lover, who was bought for ten thousand. I mean, this filly was was purchased for forty thousand, claimed for forty, reels off. What did you say? Seven in a row. Seven in a row. I mean, this just doesn't happen. Now, 
the big test because she beat Cambodia, who we know Cambodia loves Del Mar, and she, but she beat her twice now. She beat her Del Mar last time. She beat her again this time on the square, too. I mean, mm-hmm. Cambodia had a great trip. Um, I think Cambodia is a little distance limited, and we're, we, I don't know if she goes to the Breeders' Cup. She's not the soundest horse I've ever seen either. Okay, but you, you, you have to give Vasilica credit, and you have to give her a, 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 a chance in the Breeders' Cup just because she Well, yeah, it's fees paid. Of course you have to. It, but the the problem is, Michelle, I just have a feeling once again that the Euros are better. And when they come over there, it's gonna you know what's going to happen. It's going to be a softer turf course. And Basilica is running against the, on these hard turf courses at Del Mar and Santa Anita. I just worry that it may not be her course. I respect what oh, these well. have done. And you know I what res- it comes down to is that Philly claimed for 40, just won seven races and a grade one. Who cares if she runs last? She, she doesn't owe you anything. You go and you enjoy the experience of getting to be in the race. Michelle, I could not agree with you more. Move That's on. what it's. And, and you know what? Gato Racing is li- like they're they're smart. Yeah, they understand. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're good guys. Good yeah, guys. So I, I think uh, I think that's fine. Didn't we have them on the show? I don't think so. No, I think we did. We did? You know, we've had so many guests on our show. I know. We lose track sometimes. Okay. I have like that running thing, but I just haven't kept up to it today. Yeah. Um, right. Then we had the baby races, the chandelier for Bellafina and the American Pharaoh for game winner. Um, I mean. <laughs> now I'm going to go on a limb here. Okay. okay. I've been I've been praising Euros. I think that both Bellafina and Game Winner are very good. And okay. I think they have outstanding chances to be to win, not only be contenders, but to win Breeders' Cup races. Bellafina, okay. seen her in person, she's like a colt. And she's, she's ugly. I don't think she's ugly, Michelle. You don't think so? No, I think she's just big and strong and like I said, looks like a colt. She's that she's like a you know, in eighth grade, right, Michelle, where you had the one girl that's just bigger than everybody else and she's a little gawky, but she's a great athlete, you know, right. then she turns into like a beautiful princess in high school. Like, that's what I see. <laughs> that's what I see for her. And game winner. Like, what has he done wrong? I mean, I, I feel nothing. Like- he was and he was I was really impressed with game winner, actually. And like the way he came back, he's just got really great composure. He is super good looking and he only cost one hundred and ten thousand yeah. dollars. Um Gary and Marie West. He's, Gary and Marie West. But I do feel like the Colts division, like the juvenile, is going to be tougher than the Phillies division. It could be. It could be. We're going to find out this weekend. I think the Champagne Stakes is at uh, Belmont this weekend, so you'll have a lot of contenders in there, and I'm sure the Euros will bring over a couple. But uh, I, I like those two horses heading into the Breeders' Cup uh, from California. I think the California division is just a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Then there was the Eddie D, which is not a win in your in race, but could have Breeders' Cup implications there with Stormy Libero and Conquest Tsunami. I mean, it's like anytime Pete Miller has a turf sprint and he enters his two good horses, they just finish necks apart from each other, if that. That was a pretty cool race. I thought Conquest and Tsunami awesome happened. race. And Stormy Liberal is just measured and just gets up, and all he does is win. And he always wins by a nose and by a neck and by a well, head. Well, so Pete told Peter Lurie afterwards about that because we were mentioning how Drayden, like, didn't whip him or anything. And he said that the horse is, like, really quirky. So, like, if you whip him, he will stop or do something stupid. He said, like, even in the mornings, if you try and, like, lead him out of his stall and he's not ready, he'll, like, plant his feet and not go. Like, you can't force him to do something. And he said if he hits the front one stride too early, he puts his head up and just starts looking around instantly. Wow. It's very much like my dog, Red. (laughs) 
Yeah, I wouldn't compare your English bulldog to a uh, a thoroughbred athlete. Well, you know, I just know that if you try to take Red on a walk and he doesn't want to go, he don't want to go. Period. (laughs) Hey, Rockingham Ranch, they had another huge Del Mar. They've got another Breeders' Cup starter in in Stormy Liberal, and they continue to to win at all levels. And Gary Hartunian was on our show. Uh, and, and, and he even admitted when he was on our show way back in the day, Michelle, he just, he, he loves going to the track. He wants to have horses in every race, every race. Yeah. Let's have horses yep. in every race. So he, he'll claim a, a $16,000 horse. If he thinks that horse can, can come back and win the next time. So, right. uh, you know, again, we need more owners like him and Luch and, and these guys who, who buy tons of horses and, and run all the time. I think it's, mm-hmm. uh, he's, I think he's really good for the game. Um, also, I do think it was really cool. We had the John Henry at um, Santa Anita, and it was won by Liam the Charmer, who was bred by Ron McAnally, and Ron McAnally trained John Henry, and also the groom of Liam the Charmer for Mike McCarthy, Jose Mercado, was the groom for John Henry. That's amazing. It's a great story. There's actually a Jay Hubdy wrote about that on DRF. If you want to go to DRF.com, there's an article by Jay Hubdy. Uh, do you know that John Henry is my favorite horse growing up? Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Who was your favorite horse? Best pal. Oh, best pal. Cowbred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um, Makes who sense. else? Oh, there was also the, what derby was it? There was a derby. A derby. There was Oklahoma a derby. derby? There was the Pennsylvania Derby. Pen- no, no. That was a couple weeks ago. Uh, we, missed, we didn't Oklahoma, even talk about the that. The Oklahoma Derby. Okay. Lone Sailor won that. Oh, okay. We uh, have- yeah, that's right. The Pennsylvania. Well, who cares about the Pennsylvania Derby? Let's talk about the Cotillion. <laughs> right. The Cotillion was. Yeah. You know, that's so funny. We haven't been on the show. That was the DQ of of uh, Monomoy Girl. That was the Girl. correct DQ of Monomoy Girl. Cor- you say correct. So you want me to take the other side or. Go ahead. Want- Go ahead. I, 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 I could take the other side. I, yeah, I think, take the other I side. A very, I think it was a very close call. I think um, I think she deserved to be taken down. I agree with you, Michelle. I think that, however, I think Mike Smith did a pretty good sell job. Well, what was with Mike Smith going to the inside? I don't and know. And then, like, going, you know what I mean? Like, if he went inside and then came outside. But these, you know, it's no matter... Again, it goes back to something we've spoken about, and I'd like to have Craig Burnett come on and talk about stewards and talk about centralized. I, have you been you you love the NFL? Your fantasy team is doing very well. I believe you were high week in the Little Red Feather Fantasy Week League this I was this third week. overall, third overall. Oh, you were, but you had a big yeah, week. Yeah, I did have a good week. Yeah, you had a with great a guy week. that I picked up off the waiver because I needed a a random running back, and he scored thirty eight points. Yeah, Nick Chubb. <laughs> uh, Ryan was like, "Who is this guy?" That's amazing. Are you enjoying the Little Red Feather Fantasy League? It's fun. It is fun, except that uh, the I I wasn't aware like when you pick up off the waiver wire, you have to like bid for the waiver wire at oh. first. So I was like, shit, what do I do? So I mean, it's been working <laughs> out okay, but it's All hard. Right. You figuring it out? And so anyway, what were we talking about? I can't remember. We were talking that. about you stewards. Oh, stewards. So when you watch football now or hockey, they have this centralized place, right? It makes no sense to me, none, that there is not a centralized unit that is watching all the races, every race, and that the rules for objections and inquiries are the same in every place. 
it's so crazy that a, an inquiry in New York is not the same as an inquiry in California. I just don't right. understand. I, I, it doesn't, it, it melts. And my Scott, Scott came on before and talked about that because of like, California has like the two tiered rule and other places don't. Right. And I just don't get it. Like the other day, did you see the race that uh, point guard was in that he was DQ yes. up third? Like I, I thought that DQ was kind of, I, I didn't think they'd really bothered our horse that much to be honest with you. I was kind of surprised. I mean, we'll take the move up from fourth to third, but, um, I just think there is a massive, massive inconsistency with the stewards. I can't mm-hmm. watch. I used to be very good at watching the race and telling whoever was sitting next to me, this is what's going to happen. I could do it today. I can't do it, Michelle. I don't know. Right. I, I have no idea what's a foul, what's not a foul. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how I, I almost I just saw it. I just wish there could be, couldn't there be a group of five or six people that rotate throughout the day and have all the races on and they watch every race and you don't even call an inquiry. They just do it. They flash it, you know, and they Mm -hmm. do. And you have a camera in there just like they do with the NFL and they're looking at it and you give them every, you get three minutes, right. To make the decision. And after three minutes, they make the decision. Boom. Right. I don't know. I'm an idea, man. (laughs) Well, try to get that uh, implicated, implemented. Yes, I'm going to try. Okay, so we, we talked about all the races. What else do we have? Well, wait, you didn't even talk about you, so you don't think – I'm just asking you. You don't have to take one side or the other, but do, do you not think Monomoy Girl should have come down? I thought she should have come down, and my initial impressions was that they were not going to take her down. So I was surprised okay. that they took her down, but I feel it was the right Well, because there was no contact, but right. it was the right call. Because it was so close, and it was like every time Midnight Bizu tried to re-rally or move somewhere, come I mean, Monomoy, like, yeah, come out and in, and I mean, all over the place. And you know, Saul Cumin owns both horses, and he said it was the right call. Well, and let's good. be honest, he's gunning for like a horse of the year with Bonamoy Girl, right? So in all in all intents and purposes, regardless of how much of the check comes home, he right. wants probably her to win because it looks better overall. We need to make a T-shirt with uh, with Saul Cumin's face on it that just says, and if you have a good horse, better call Saul. Like, <laughs> that'd be very funny, right? Look at you. Um, I you have laugh. a cricket. Or I'm going to get a cricket. We can make that. I made you laugh. Yeah, right. that was a all good right. one. What else we got? Um, <laughs> better call Saul. I think that was all of the racing Great. recaps for okay. for for recent. Okay. Well, I think that's what we had to kind of do today to just catch everybody up. We have a couple of big we have big races this weekend at Santa Anita and at Belmont. Um and and, and all over the country. This and is- we have our Stronic Five wager at Santa Anita. What what now what is now what is that? And and they've changed the pick six. There's no more pick yes, six. Yes. So the pick six is now a rainbow pick six, so it means single ticket payouts. But like on any other day that there isn't a single ticket payout, it does still pay out like seventy percent of the pool. Okay, so it's, okay. it's only a twenty cent bet. Yes, it's a twenty cent bet. Right, which is uh, pretty good. Well, for I mean, a lot of the pick six players are not happy with it because it kind of opens it up to the masses, and yeah, you know. Yeah. But uh, I think people, it's been popular, and the the pools have been really good. So for okay. right now, it's it's a good thing. The Stronic Five is Fridays only, and it's five races in like a forty minute period from like all Stronic tracks. So it's like us, Gulfstream, Laurel, and Golden Gate. Are you enjoying your time at Santa Anita? And what will you do when you have your baby? Uh, well, I'm due December 6th. So that's like kind of gives me a good three week 
period um, right before Santa Inez okay. starts back up. So I'll probably just come back to work opening week. Fantastic. Well, okay. we've missed you. We've missed all our listeners. We're sorry we didn't have a guest. We tried very hard. We, we tried uh, to get Jamie Roth. We had assaulted the poor girl, but yeah, it didn't poor girl. work. But you know what? We're going to be at Santa Anita this weekend, and Michelle and I have promised to find a great guest for next week to give you some insight on horse ownership. That's what we do here on the Horse Ownership Experience. Thank you to all our sponsors, TaylorMade, Santa Anita, Del Mar, everybody who makes the show possible. Thank you to Michelle, you. And guys, we will now be consistent. We're going to be back on the air uh, I believe every Tuesday from here on in until the Breeders' Cup and all through Del Mar Fall. And, uh, and we'll have some fun. So we really appreciate you listening. And Michelle, what's anything special coming up at San Diego this weekend before we leave? Um, yeah, so now on Fridays, it's free admission and $2 beers and $6 Baldwin Bucks. But the $2 beer on Friday, I think, is awesome. It's something we've been pushing for to have, like, kind of a happy hour feel. So, like. you know, if you're just kind of looking for something cool to do that's cheap, it's free to get in, it's free to park, and you get $2 beers. Can't go wrong. All day at the races on Fridays. Um, I just read something. I just saw a new article popped up that Lady Eli is among the 4,509 cataloged for Keeneland November breeding stock uh, mm-hmm. sale. That's They're selling cool. a lot of good horses at the at the November sale. That's going to be really cool. That's going to be big. Okay. She And by the way, she's carrying her first bull by Warfront. Woo! So it's going to be a bazillion dollars, right? <laughs> Should we put together a group to try to buy her? Yeah, sure. Okay, let's make that the Horse Ownership uh, Experience Syndicate. And anybody who wants to put in money uh, to try to buy Lady Eli. I mean, let's be honest. She's going to go for upwards of $3 million. Okay. You don't think we could raise $3 million? I don't know. That's a that's a tall ask. All right. Let's try it. Anybody okay. who wants to just tweet us at own a horse, at BKLRF, at the Michelle U. You can email me anytime to learn about horse racing uh, and especially horse racing ownership. It's Billy at littleredfeather.com. Guys, have a great week. Have a great weekend, Michelle. I'll be out there to see some horses run, and uh, I'll give you a big hug. Okay, perfect. All right, bye, guys. Bye. You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu, right here on LA Talk Radio. Midnight Storm, a brilliantly fast grade one winner by Pioneer of the Nile. Mike Smith just points him in the right direction. Midnight Storm dominating. Millionaire and seven-time graded stakes winner on dirt and turf. Midnight Storm over accelerators, finding the line well, but not well enough. And Midnight Storm has taken it by two lengths. From America's hottest sire line. Midnight Storm, he wins it this year. Midnight Storm. Standing at TaylorMade Farm.